Welcome to the Vegan Life Coach Podcast, where we coach you to coach yourself. And now it's time to become plan empowered with your co-hosts, 25-year vegan Ella Majors and mindset master Stephanie Aguilar. Hey, hey, Empowered Vegan Lifers, Ella here, and I cannot wait to share today's very special episode with you because we have Roger Smith on the show. And Roger's one of those people, well, you know when you meet somebody, and for us it would happen to be virtual, but even virtually when you meet someone and you can just kind of feel the connection, feel their positive energy, well, that's how it felt. And when he suggested we collaborate and be on each other's podcasts, it was for sure something that I wanted to do. And wow, we had a blast both on his podcast and now with him on mine. So much fun. He's such a phenomenal human being, full of knowledge, full of experience, and full of passion. So I can't wait for you to meet him. Just to give you a little background about Roger, he's an athlete, entrepreneur, a computer science major, and holds an MBA in marketing. He has almost two decades, 19 years, living a vegan lifestyle under his belt. His journey started back in 2002 while he was still living in Panama. He hosts his own podcast. He's got one-on-one coaching going on, fitness. He's a motivational speaker, and he really enjoys discussing all things vegan and has created programs that allow people to live a healthier lifestyle. And he's done it both in Spanish and in English. He's got a mission to uplift, embrace, and promote veganism among the Latin American culture. And giving a voice to the voiceless is something he's very passionate about as well. He's a bodybuilder, lifestyle coach. He has his own programming and recipes, and he really strives to help people thrive with a vegan lifestyle. And I can't wait for you to hear him talk all about that. We just had such an amazing conversation. So I will, I will stop running my mouth now and let you, let you hear the podcast. Here we go. Wow, you are making me kind of want to move to Panama, I have to say. Wow. That's so fascinating. This is like I know. fascinating to me. And it was. It's like what we were talking about on your podcast about, yeah. about what's happiness to people, what's success to people. Right. And there is no right or wrong. There is no ultimate. It's it's really what is going to to bring you satisfaction and joy and purpose, you know, for whatever that looks like for you. And speaking of which, what what does that look like for you, Roger? For me, actually, happiness is being able to help others and make an impact in the world. So I I'm glad you asked that question because I asked this question before and then I never, people always get like stumbled, like, oh, I don't know what to say. So I was like, I need to prepare myself for one day. To <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <question>. But, <laughs> so happiness to me, it looks like I, I want to be able to help people. I, I feel like the, my biggest joy comes from when I'm able to, to be able to help that, to be able to coach, mentor people. A lot of the things that I've done in my life, that has brought the most joy to me has been situations where, for example, I'll give you an example. One time, out of the nowhere, I was, I was thinking, man, I need to do something that, that makes me feel like I'm valuable. And what I did was I signed up for uh, a mentoring program, kind of like a Big Brother program. Mm-hmm. And, and long story story, they assigned me this kid. I think he was like 
um, 13, 14 years old, somewhere around that time, a teenager. And, and I was like, I mean, I don't have kids, so I have no experience dealing with this. So what do I do? But, you know, I have a younger brother. But, you know, so I was thinking, like, what, a, what do I do? Like, how do I be able to connect with this person? So I'm a talker. <laughs> so this is one thing that I can do well. So I approached this person and this kid, and we started talking. And he was very, he was very receptive. Like, he really wanted to open up. And I, I didn't know why. Like I needed to, I didn't understand why, right? Maybe if I understand his reasoning why he's been acting that way, I'll be able to get into him and be able to create an impact on his life. So it took me about four or five visits because I was actually visiting this kid at UV, right? He was in like mm-hmm. in UV and I was had to go visit him once a week. So I was committed to that. And and it took me about four times before he actually like started like talk, talking to me. So then he said, I just wanted to test you out to make sure that you were committed to this. Mm. And I was like, listen, I'm not getting any type of uh, money or reward or gratification from this. The only thing I want is want to be able to help you out with whatever it is that you're going to in life. I might not be able to help you financially, but I will be able to help you in some other way or somehow. And this has nothing to do with being vegan, right? Mm-hmm. This is not a, a vegan related topic. So, oh, yeah. talking about, so what brought joys to me? So, yeah. So long story short, I was able to I was able to follow this kid to his different journey while he was in Juby. Then from Juby, he got into some problems, and they sent him to a, a a different type of 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 jail, put, put it in those terms. And then from there, he got sent to kind of like a boot camp place. And I, 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 all this time, I was visiting this kid. Wow. So the one thing I I was able to get to him was that he told me I want to be an entrepreneur when I finish school. I was like, man, let me give you a hug right now. <laughs> So I started, I started to say, okay, so you want to be an entrepreneur, I can help you with that. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to assign you books related to these topics. And guess what? All these books, I've read them before. So you cannot lie to me. I was going to curse for a little, you know. I was, you cannot oh, you lie. Can curse here. We're, we're open here. So, uh, yeah, you can't BS to me, right? So I read all these books. So I'm going to I'm going to ask you questions related to these topics. And so we can go ahead and, and have the conversation. And that's how I was able to get to him. So every time I used to go visit him, he had a whole week to read a book and I would go question. Some of the book, I didn't ever read them, but I was just like, I just wanted to just let him you know, <laughs> have that. Be what you and I always talk about. People have to be committed. So you have to be committed to something. Just like I was committed to him. I wanted him to be committed to, to our little experiment. Right. Mm-hmm. So at the end of, at the end of the activity, the kid graduated from high school or from the program and he went out to the world and all that kind of stuff. So things like that brings joy to me. So that's the reason why I decided to say, you know what? I want to be a coach. I want to coach. I want to help people. I want to help people. But what are my two passions? Veganism and now coaching and helping people. And I was able to merge those two. So that's where I am. That, that's, that's actually true happiness to me. So I hope that answered your question, right? <laughs> oh, a thousand percent. No, that's, I, I'm with you uh, as well. And I want to hear also the vegan side of, of this um, yeah. equation. And you, you went vegan almost as long as ago as I did. How, how long was it? Yeah, so next month will be 19 years. And I don't really remember the, the, sat day, the, the sat day in September mm-hmm. that I went vegan. I, I celebrated the whole month just like we do in my there court. There we go. Yes. 
<laughs> so as soon as it's September 1st, I'm like, hey, happy big anniversary all the way to the, all the, way to the end of the month. So, um, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so just to tell you my, my story real yeah. quick, how it was. So the funny thing about my story where I went vegan is that I went vegan on a trip to Argentina. So Buenos Aires, Argentina. And if people know, Argentina is like the mecca of like barbecue. It's like yes. meat capital. Yep. It's like literally like Argentina have a whole strip, which is barbecuing each, each, each side right next to each other. Like this is the craziest thing. So I, I don't know. But if, let, me, let me tell you so, a little, little quick note. My mom told me when I was born that I was allergic to cow milk. I'm like, mom, I was born to be vegan. <laughs> so, she, <laughs> so she had to give me uh, soy milk. I'm like, mom, I was, I was born to be vegan. There you go. Like, I cannot be drinking, you know, milk from a different animal. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. So she told me that. So I was like, hey, there you go. I mean, since I was bro, I'm born, I was, I was meant to be vegan. But anyway, going back to my story in Argentina, so, yeah, a friend of mine, which is, is yeah, I guess he's probably 20 years vegan now, he introduced me to veganism from a, from a, a diet or from a, uh, from a health standpoint. Mm-hmm. But at that younger age, um, just like you and I talk, you know, I, don't, I wasn't really feeling like, I, I mean, I'm 20 plus years old. What? I mean, I'm an athlete. I play, I play all kind of sport, kind of similar to your story. I play all kind of sport, baseball, soccer, and basketball was my passion. And um, I'm, I always was in sport. I did karate as well. I, mean, I was doing everything. My dad had me do everything because I, I guess I was too hyper. <laughs> <laughs> you I didn't get that still. energy out there. <laughs> yeah, you can't t- stay still. So we got to get these kids to do something. Yeah. So anyway, so he had me do all kind of stuff. And, and so my friend introduced me to veganism. And I was like, mm, I mean, I, I, why do I start to think about being healthy when I'm like, 20 plus years old, 40 years old looks so far away, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it did back then. Oh, yeah. They're like, those 40 year olds? Oh my God, I'm never going to be 40. Like that. That's old. So I got introduced to veganism and my curiosity kind of sparked me. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about this thing. But I started researching and that's when I saw you know, all the videos about slaughtering animals and stuff like that. Actually, PETA tore me vegan, basically. PETA messed me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I saw a bunch of PETA videos and I was like, whoa, this, this is what I'm eating? So it right away clicked to me. So I, had, I didn't even hesitate. I was like, I'm vegan right now. I'm, vegan was not even a word back then. You know that. It was I not do. even that. Yep. So uh, I was like, I just went vegan the next day and, and, and that's it. It's been vegan since. And, and I don't think I... I, I'll, I regret it. I think my only regret is I wish I would have started earlier, though. That's mm-hmm. my only regret. You know, I wish I would have been 30 or was just yeah. born vegan, which I was. But my mom was like, no, you got to eat me. She's <laughs> <I had> <laughs> like, no milk, but me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. that's that's amazing. So literally one day you were not vegan and the next day you were vegan. That was it. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like I saw the I saw the video like at 12, I don't know, at 12 noon one day. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. That's it. I'm I'm vegan right now. So next day I was like, OK, I'm not eating anything. So at that point, I was still living with my parents and whatever they they say, like put let's let's say because a, a basic staple meal is like rice, chicken, two tomatoes that they call salad <laughs> and, 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 and beans. So uh-huh. it's not even a well-balanced meal, right? So we're not talking about nutrition. So it's not a well-balanced meal, right? So that's like a staple meal. So 
or what I would do, I would just remove the chicken out of the plate, right? And I would just eat that. But at one point, the next day I went vegan, I was like, oh, I was like, I'm not going to eat like that, that rice might have some kind of, some, some kind of, you know, spice or something that I didn't, that they made it with, or they mix it with the chicken. And so mm-hmm. I was really confused and I really don't understand much about it. It was like lack of knowledge. I mean, we're talking about early 2000, you know, whatever that year was. And then we're talking about a place that the internet was still in dialogue. So, <laughs> so this is, <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> might not even know about this stuff. But yeah, yeah so it was it was it was a it was a struggle in that sense. But even with that, I always tell that my why was so strong that I don't care what's the struggle that I was going through or what even if there was a struggle, I, I actually embrace that now. I knew that I did not want it to be part of that. And that was it. And I don't care what you say, what you put on me. If I don't eat, it's like if I, if I had to, quote unquote, die you because I had, I had no food, I'd rather do that than eat an, an animal again. So in that, that's why people call vegan stream because, you know, we, we kind of think that way, right? right. But, but of course, I mean, the, the, the situation got better once the education started flowing in and I started learning more about that part of it, the veganism. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. So in your head back then, right. When you made that switch and it was so strong for you. So, so powerful that why, when you, when you made that connection, Mm -hmm. how did you look at everyone around you? Once you, you know, once you make that connection yourself, Mm -hmm. when I was 15 and made that, or when I even younger, it was like, oh my gosh, everybody, nobody must know. Cause if they Mm -hmm. knew, surely they wouldn't be eating meat. So I just got to go out and tell everybody, right. you know, that was a, a younger, I was younger than you were, but what about you? What, how did you feel about now going out into the world, knowing this and seeing people eating? Did you want to educate? Did you want to inspire? Where, where were you with that? Yeah. I, I like that question because I was a militant vegan. I was like, you gotta stop that. You gotta, and then I'm going to tell you something even funnier. So my uncle, my uncle, he is, he's a vegetarian. And then he used to come to our house. This is me before me turn, before I turned vegan, right? He used to come to our house when they come to visit us with shirt that says like, no, don't eat me, you know, and all these things. And we're like, nah, get out of here. You know, we wanna, we don't, what's going on with you? We don't want to be part of that, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. We used to mock our, we used to bully our uncle for, for coming out and say, don't eat me, don't eat me, don't eat me. And it's funny because then when I turn vegan, it's like now I'm the one that is like with the shirts don't eat meat, right? So it's reverse roles, right? Yeah. So for me, it was for me it was difficult because the sense it was difficult because my sister is a doctor. She's a general doctor, right? Mm-hmm. General medicine. And so nobody ever listens to me because it's like, if your sister says this, why do we listen to you? Right. So I'm having this this debate where you know my sister and have all this quote-unquote knowledge uh, of nutrition, which is not true. But then my family is like, hey, she's a doctor. Hey, man, she went 10 years to school. So why would you listen to you when she's used, you know, you have her. I'm like, listen, I don't really care what argument we're going through here. But my point is like, those are, those are sentient beings. That's the only argument I have to say. And they're like, we don't care. So that used to hurt me a lot because I'm like, why, why, why do you mean you don't care? Like you don't care about all their, all their life. So it was a tough situation in that sense. And I used to always try to, my problem is like, I used to, I used to say like, I used to think I was Dr. Sevi without even mean knowing anything because I used to <laughs> talk to people about nutrition all the time or, or veganism without even having no kind of knowledge whatsoever. And at that point, 
at those at that age, I I, I had a lot of frustration there because I always wanted to turn people into vegan. And, and sometimes, into this day, I still feel that way. How a little bit of that that I brought with me, I wanted to preach veganism, and and, and that's that what one of the hardest things for me to to deal around because in the Latin culture is they they they're so heavy in the culture. It's so heavily. It's so heavy the culture. Like for example, and I was and I'm having this conversation with a lot of other, uh, a lot of the influencers about you know about their their specific countries and their specific cultures, and it's like for example, like food for especially for in the Latin culture, it, it, it's part of their it's part of the culture. Like for example, they have their national anthem, you know, they have their their national clothing, and then they have the national dishes. Like the food is part of all of that. That mm-hmm. is part of that package. So when when you're talking about, oh, we gotta take away the food that you're eating and then implement something else, it's like a disgrace. It's like it's like a slap in the face for most of them, right? Mm-hmm. So it, so I'm dealing with this situation because they're like, my parents thought I was some kind of cult, like I'm some kind of cult, like I'm satanic and like, you know, oh, it was a trending thing at that point, and 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 I'm like, how how can I be a bad person when I'm trying to do the, a good thing like it doesn't it doesn't click to me so it, it was stuff in that situation in that sense and I had to learn a lot and and I think the more educated I got the better I got expressing myself and educating others teaching others I think it helped me to cope with a lot of that but it, it was tough because I did wanted to change everyone like I wanted everybody to be vegan to this day my family think I'm on a diet Ella Mm. Tell me who goes on a diet for 20 years. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you tell me who goes on a diet for 20 years. Like you and your diet. I'm like a diet in 20, uh, 20 years later. Like no one goes on the diet for that long. Like who does yeah. that? No, no. <laughs> people diet and then they fall off the wagon and then they die again. They fall off the wagon. This is this prove This is like the anti diet. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. And then, and then you, and then what about the sports and how mm-hmm. did you incorporate that? And how did you learn to, to mm-hmm. eat in a way that was going to support your performance? Okay. So when I, when I turned vegan, mainly for the animal, like I always say for the animal, I, I wasn't doing any kind of physical activity. So my, my last uh, career or playing sport like every kid has a dream to play in professional sport ended in my junior first in my freshman year in college that I actually had a, a I turned my ACL playing and then I, at that point I was like I'm done playing playing sport and which was kind of like a hard thing for me because it was part of like my life every athlete would don't play sports like they feel like something is missing right <laughs> like what i'm gonna do with my life now you know <laughs> yeah yeah i just moved into the gym when after <laughs> high school like when no more team sports right yeah. i just was like oh i'll just live at the gym now because <laughs> what else am i gonna do <laughs> yeah that's that's a good way to to way to say it so so i wasn't i wasn't vegan back then so then when i turned vegan <clears throat> I wasn't I wasn't really playing or doing any kind of physical sport, just recreational sport. So what I got stumbled upon was I, w- I was married for a while, and then uh, during that time, my my ex wanted to wanted to get in shape, and so we hired we hired a trainer. I hired a trainer, right? Yeah. And then the guy was like, "Nah, you need to come to the gym too. Like you out of shape. Look at you. You come here with your flip flops." So he started like calling me out. I'm like, "All right, I'm going to the gym." That was like back in 
2008 or something, somewhere somewhere around that time, 10 years ago, whatever. So I got in, I started going to the gym, and then I always wanted to work out, and I wanted always wanted to get in shape, but it, it wasn't something that I put in my priority list. And I had no, and I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you why it was, and and um, this, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. So <clears throat> the same friend that introduced me to veganism 20 years ago. One time I asked him, see, because I used to really always look at this guy highly, like, oh, you know, kind of like, kind of like a mentor, right? Mm -hmm. So, so one time I asked this guy, hey, um, hey, man, I want to go to the gym. I want to work out. And then his answer was, why do you want to get that big? And I was like, why not? It's like, nah, just, you know, you're not. So he gave me all this story, all this negative reason why he feel I shouldn't go to the gym. And I actually took it because. You know, I saw this guy as a mentor. He helped me with my lifestyle. And I was like, Roger, you, you're dumb. Like, why are you following somebody else's advice? Like, this guy's scarcity or fears is, is, is sending that to you. That's nothing to do with you. And this is something that you wanted to do. But I realized that years later. And, I, and, and during my same way as uh, me as a vegan, mature and grow and, and get better and, and find different things, same way with life. I mean, I don't have all the answers. Like, I, I can't, you know, sit down here and tell you that I know everything. Right? Are you sure? But, <laughs> 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 nah. so, um, so, yeah. So at that point in that year, going back to the year, so I was like, you know what? I found a passion in the gym and I feel like this is this is what I needed in my life from an athlete standpoint I'm not doing any type of you know team sport now this is an individual sport and at the same time I get to you know it's how far can you take your own self how far can you challenge yourself and I like challenges so I use that as a, as a motivation so I was like you know what I'm gonna start training but then I started training even harder because one day I went to the gym and I, and I asked one of those trainers, and, you know, at the gym, they always ask those different type of trainers. And I was like, yeah, you know, I want to train. And, you know, I want to look like a bodybuilder. And he was like, oh, yeah, sure. I definitely, we can help you out. We can set you up with a meal plan and with all these things. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I have a little caveat for you. I'm vegan. He's like, oh, no, there's no way. There's no way you can do it. I'm like, what do you mean no way? Like, why instead of he saying me, I don't know how to do it. Let me find out. You are already telling me there's no way I'd be able to accomplish my goal. Mm -hmm. So that even motivated me even harder. I was like, you know what? This has to be a way to crack this. So there has to be, there has to be other vegan athletes, vegan, you know, because it's, there's no way I'm the only one that's trying to figure this thing out. So that's when I found Robert Cheek. Robert Cheek was one of my first motor motivations uh, to kind of start training and then find his book. And I read it. I'm like, yeah, you see, there, there, there are a lot of people that are doing this. We just all spread out. It's just all yeah. over the world, right? We're not concentrating in one location. Mm -hmm. At that point, veganism was not even mainstream like it is now. Or it was, there was no social media or no Instagram or no, 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 no. Well, they, the bases still were out there. Maybe Facebook was out, the only social media probably in those times. So mm -hmm. I got motivated because I wanted to prove people that you can do competitive sports being vegan, being, you know, having a plant-based um, diet or whatever you want to call it. So I wanted to prove people that way. So that's the reason why, you know what, I'm going to start training. I'm going to use this, I'm going to use this platform and this to be able to create awareness. And that's how my journey started. And then I just started training from there and I haven't even stopped. So yeah. That's, that's and you competed, was. you competed. Right. So yeah. So in 2014, 
So I, I did a trip to, to Portland. I got out some of you. I did a trip yeah. to Portland to meet a couple of vegans. I went to the Portland Bet Fest that year. It was 2013, actually. And I met a bunch of vegan athletes. You know, Robert was there. This, a, a lot of them were there. And so I, I was able to, to be able to mingle and, and, and get to know a lot of them. And <laughs> at that point, I think I was like 240. And they were like, man, you, you, don't, you don't compete. I'm like, you're not a bodybuilder. I'm like, no, I just lift weight. <laughs> like, there's no way you're, you're that big and you don't, you, don't, you don't do bodybuilding. I'm like, you think I should do bodybuilding? Again, because I, I wasn't sure. I was just doing it to prove a point, right? I wasn't doing it from a competitive standpoint. And they were like, no, nah, you should do it. You should do it. You should do it. You should do it. So I'm like, well, if these people are seeing something that I can, that I have, you know, I might just give it a try to see how it, how it goes. So at that point, then uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to compete next year. So I did my first competition in 2014 and uh, I played, I played fourth, my first competition. Nice. And I was devastated. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I came on that stage. I almost cried. And you know why? It's because it's, 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 it's it's sad because. I, I was devastated because I was like, man, I feel like I, I never worked as hard in my life like mm-hmm. I worked on, on bodybuilding. If people think bodybuilding is not a sport, I, I highly disagree because it's, it's, it's tough. We, the way we train is very tough, especially especially with, with the dieting. That's, a, that's actually a very strict diet that you have to follow. So uh, in 2014, I did my first competition. And when I, when I placed four, I was, I was so sad and so mad. I was like, no way I lost. And... I realistically knew that the guy that won first place, he was, he was looking a lot sharper than I was. And probably that guy was not even his first competition. So when I left the stage, um, I, I, had a, I had two conversations with two vegan athletes. Uh, one was Robin and one was Torre. They, they both told me different, different type of advice. Torre told me that I always need to control. What I can control is my own self and the, the time and effort and training that I put on, but I cannot control the judges. So I always have to make sure that I, that I take care and control myself, my body, my mind, that part of it. So take control of yourself and then let the rest, you know, judges handle the rest. So I was like, okay, great, great advice. Yeah. And then Robert told me that mm, I shouldn't even be upset because his first competition he didn't even place. So you, you, you need to keep, keep pushing. It's like anything in life. Go back to the example that I was saying about the kid that he said, I'm testing you to make sure that you are accountable and that you are committed to me. Same way, the, the, the sports wants to make sure that you, not everybody have the, 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 you know, the benefit. Well, you, had, you, you made your first competition, you won first place. That's great. But it could have been a situation where you made your second competition and you probably even place. I mean, we don't, we don't even know. And, and I actually have an example of somebody that has went to something similar. She went to the first competition I went, she won first place. Then she was like, Oh, excited, all cocky. You know, I was like, man, I won. I got this. She made her second show, show a month later. I should even place, you know? So it things, things happens in that sport. So anyway, so I play, placed four in my first show. Then I was like, okay, my goal is I'm going to do a show every other year. So 2016 came, it was my second show and I placed, uh, I placed third and I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm moving up. I'm, I'm excited. You know, I'm going <laughs> up and that's great. I'm getting better. And, it, and I had to admit that there was a lot that need, needed to improve. I needed to improve because it was my first time actually, you know, doing this kind of stuff, posting this big thing in bodybuilding training is a big thing. So there's a lot of tangibles that I didn't really have taken care of at that point. So I needed to work and then kind of take care of those things. 
And then, so my next following show, my third show should have been in 2018. But during that time, I, I was in so many other things in my life that I, bodybuilding was not a priority. And even though I was still training, in 2019, I decided to compete. And then I, at that point, I hired a local coach instead of online coach. So with the local coach, we, we train very similar to what I trained before. And then I had a posing coach as well for this competition. So I went on a lot more serious and I won my division. So I won the classic VC division and I, and I, I went to stage at least like five times. I'm not going to lie. So I did bodybuilding and I did classic physique and then I did overall physique. So I think the judges gave me first place for one and then the other ones they gave me second place because they felt like I was better in this category mm-hmm. than the other ones. So anyway, so I won. And then from that, since I won the overall, that allows me to become a pro bodybuilder. And so my debut is going to be on September 26th. So I got a couple of weeks before that. Wow. That's <laughs> so exciting. Well, congratulations, yeah. number one. And what, what did you learn about eating and the working out that allowed you to improve? Well, the one thing that I, I learned is, listen, I don't, in my off season, I don't really count macros. I've never been a big fan of counting macros. I just, I just pretty much eat, you know, what, what I feel like eating, right? I mean, I intuitive eating kind of plays a big role here. Yeah. Uh, and, and are you very familiar with this? Yes. Uh, so yeah, so I don't, I don't really count macros. It, it just, I just eat and that's it. But, but for training and bodybuilding, I think this has to be a discipline there. Just the simple fact that since when I'm eating, I'm not really thinking about what I'm necessarily putting in my body. Now, let me explain. This is all vegan food. I'm not saying that I'm eating something else. We are talking about eating figures. But what I'm saying is like, if I'm eating a burger, for example, you know, now if I'm competing, I have to make sure that, okay, this is, this does hit the amount of fat that I'm supposed to eat, you know, to gain or lose weight, whatever the case is. So I have to make sure that the food that I'm intaking aligns with my specific goal. So this is, this is just for bodybuilding because for average folks, I don't think you have to really too focus too much into this. So what I learned about it is, is I learned a lot about, I wouldn't necessarily say about nutrition, but a lot, a lot about like now and be able to identify, you know, like fats, um, you know, fats, you want, what's nutrients, what nutrient dense type of food I need to eat, what's high in fat, what's high in calorie, what's high in carbohydrate. So th- that kind of teaching indirectly was what I was getting from, from the whole from the whole preparation. And, and of course, it is some kind of a basic formula that, well, you eat less, you eat less with cardio, you know, you lose weight, you eat more, less cardio. And so I kind of learned that a little bit too mm-hmm. on that process. Uh, so some basic things in that sense. Now, now I, I have a little bit more of a flexibility because, you know, I have a number to hit, a number of micro numbers to hit. So I can just, you know, plug in any food that I want in between those numbers. But if I wasn't competing, I wasn't putting too much, in, too much attention into that. Mm-hmm. So you, you had mastered the intuitive eating for your off season when you're not right. trying to cut down to almost no body fat. And yeah, got it. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's soon. Are you, are you, do you feel, do you feel hungry a lot, even with, with the macro counting? Like right now you're, obviously being very strict. Mm-hmm. How do you 
feel physically? And then what about the mental piece? Because a lot of our listeners have struggled with disordered eating. Mm -hmm. And I've worked with quite a number of fitness professionals and former body bodybuilders who have developed a, a you know, dysfunctional relationship with food. What, what could you talk to, to about that? Sure. Yeah. So the mental aspect to me is I always tell people that I think training and any sport is probably like 80% or 90% mental. And then a small percent is kind of like what you and I were talking about is the easiest part. Because the reason why it is so important is because right now, mentally, I have to put I have to be in the right mindset, knowing that I have this goal to accomplish this, that when I win, I want to be successful, when I put myself on stage, I'm representing the whole vegan community, right? So I have to represent it the right way. Regardless, it's not, not the case, but that's the mindset that I have to put myself on. So that's the toughest part because that means that if I was eating a whole full cake, you know, now I know that I might just have to eat a small piece and I have to be content with that, you know, mm -hmm. and, and just a te it's temporary, right? It's not going to be, this is my, my long-term goal. I might not compete in two years after this. So at that point, I don't really have to worry about it. So mindset-wise, what, what I've done is since this is, this is a little bit of, a, of, of personality too, I'm a very committed person. So I always say, if I'm committed to something, I'm going to go all the way. I'm going to go all the way. And then for me, what does it take? What helps me a lot is to get educated because the more I get educated about the topic, it allows me to feel like, oh, okay, well, uh, what I'm doing is right or what I'm doing is wrong or, or this is just, you know, this is what I'm doing. So, so understanding, getting the understanding of what I'm doing is what allows me to be able to be committed to it. So training-wise, I'm not, I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. I'm, I'm eating, I'm eating a, a decent amount of calories. And the good thing is, like, my food has not changed too much. So it's just reduced the amount that I was eating. Mm -hmm. So, and then, of course, I'm cutting a lot of the sweet because I have a very sweet tooth. So I'm cutting a lot of that. But I have to be creative. So now what I do is, like, I mean, I might have dates, right, to help me with that craving with that, with that sweet, right? Or I might have, like, a protein donut, right? So, 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 you, know, so you have to get creative in this, in this, in, during this time, in my case, so I can cope with all, all you know make not make it feel like it's boring or it's too repetitive but at the same time now i have to think like a pro right because now i'm like okay i'm on a level that i had to think like if i was a professional athlete which i feel i wish i am what would they be doing like a professional athlete will not be bench eating just because you know he has the opportunity he's playing x y and c sport so he has to be in that mindset so you have to be able to be on that mindset when you're doing something like that. So if you are in a program, right? Same way, your mindset is like, okay, my mind is to start the program, complete the program, get the result that I need, and find the help is required. That's the right mindset that you go once you go into a program. So I feel the same way as, as well. I'm not hungry. There might be days that I, that I might feel like, you know what, what I sometimes miss a lot? Is I, like a lot I eat a lot of fruits you know, cherries and stuff. So if I'm, if I'm actually on my surplus or I mean, oh, I hate my calories, then I'm going to be like, oh man, I wish I could eat that cherry. But I know that the next day, oh, I'm going to have that cherry. And, and that's not even a bad meal, a bad, bad food to have, right? It's not, it's not like I'm having like, you know, a piece of, 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 of cake or something or, right. or a Snicker or, or some chocolate. Uh, but even if you do, you, you can have those. But the problem is how much do you have that with moderation? The thing is, like, we, we are accustomed to when we eat, 
for example, in the Latin culture, when they eat, they want to eat to get full. It's not like, it's not like eat a little bit of food. It's like, I just want to feel full. It, that's, that's the, they eat to be full. So, so what does that mean? It's like, I just going to eat, 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 eat. So they don't know where to stop. So they only stop when the belly is like, <laughs> it's this big. Right. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's why there's so many unhealthy um, people in that, in that sense. So I have to educate myself, learn myself, learn how to eat and what to eat and when to stop. When, 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 when do you, are you really hungry or do you just want to drink some water? Now, do you mm. ever have, how much water are you drinking? Yeah. Right. Yep. How, yep. What, 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 do, what do you tell, what do you tell your clients in, in that, in that sense? When it no, it's interesting you brought that up because one, one thing we talk about is getting to that point where we want to reach for food and fig, trying to figure out at that point, you know, why am I reaching for the food? Am I really hungry or am I having an emotional reaction to something and I need to numb or distract or celebrate, you know, whatever it is. And oftentimes our bodies are telling us that we're thirsty and we're thinking it's that we're hungry. So just like you said, I'm like, you drink a full glass of water, wait 10 minutes. And then if you're still hungry, you know, you're probably hungry. But yes, you got you to gotta kind of dissect what is going on. And most people, it's hard. That pause is, is where it's tough because mm-hmm. that has to be a learned pause as opposed to the automatic response in general. And just mm-hmm. talking general because you do one-on-one coaching as well Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. between a person, a Latin person versus a Caucasian person in general, culturally, what would, what are some of the biggest differences that you, you find are important to take into consideration when helping them be successful? Uh, Not, not really. There's not that many differences. I mean, at the end of the day, we all people, The, the, the one, the one big thing, like I was saying is cultures, because like, for example, if I'm speaking to somebody here in the U.S., they might they might be more aware of what the vegan lifestyle is versus somebody that let's say I'm speaking to someone like I mean I don't want to call it any other country out, but for, let's say from Central America to South America, right? Because here we are a little bit more advanced when it comes to different terms, or we have more access to information and products. But at the same time, I tell those those people. Uh, is that, listen, hey, vegan is not very difficult. I mean, rice, beans, and salad, that's vegan right there. I mean, banana and, and, and apples, those are vegan. And you can find those in any place. Don't matter where I go. I can go, I can go to Asia. I can go to Africa. It don't matter where I go. You can find those foods. So, so yeah, I mean, if the Beyond Meat and all this thing doesn't get into your place. It's kind of like what you were saying. Sometimes that's a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you got to get creative, right? So, so the, po- the point is like, the difference is, is like they, they, they complain a lot more about having access to food because they're what they seen on TV and, and, and on the media is all these brands that we have, like we got all these amazing products and stuff. So they were like, Oh wow. To go vegan, I need to, I need to have all of those things. So that's a big difference here. We don't, we don't think about those because we have it on the store. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, my store might not have that product, but they have this other brand. Right. So, so for, for us, it's not an issue. But for them, it's like, oh, I don't have access to those products. I cannot be vegan. No, no, that's not true. Because there's a lot of other people that choose to be vegan, right? And they, and they, don't, and they don't have access to the product. Now, the other benefit is that sometimes locally in those different countries, they have their own product. So that's when you want to, you know, artisan product. You want to be able to promote and support those local products. So don't, don't just get 
caught up in the whole hype and in the whole Hollywood scene and everything that, that we offer when at the end of the day, you, if you have a strong why and then you do it right, you should not have a problem eating the food that you're eating. Actually, it's even better for you, for you from your health standpoint. So that's one of the big difference that I see. Otherwise, it's pretty much the same. They, they act the same way. They, they communicate the same way as far as what they see, what they want, what they want to eat. But yeah, I don't see much difference when it comes to, you know, speaking with somebody here locally or speaking to somebody over there. That's just the biggest thing that I've noticed so far mm-hmm. when, it, when it comes to some of my clients. Speaking of programs, though, can you talk to us about what you're doing now, what your projects are? I was on your podcast or I'm about to be. So tell us, yeah, tell us what you're up to. Yeah, thank you. As a matter of fact, well, I think when this episode is out, your episode will be out. So you guys definitely had to check out. And that's episode. We had such an amazing conversation. But thank you. So yeah, my, I have a podcast and uh, my podcast comes out every, every Friday, alternating between English and Spanish episodes. I think that eventually it's going to change. I might launch two episodes, which is going to be one in English, one in Spanish. We'll see how that goes. But for now, that's, that's the way the, the format that I'm, that I'm doing. And uh, yeah, it's good, amazing. And I had the opportunity to you know speak everything about beginning from from different standpoint. You know, I put a little bit of my twist in from the Latin culture, but I was saying also I take a little bit of the activism part. I take a little bit of the health because people think only thing that I only focus on the fitness part just because I'm into fitness. But no, no, no. Uh, I I I touch a lot of uh, other aspects into the veganism. I has guests from like active activism type of guests. So we talk a little bit about being intersectional type of vegan and in all different type of topics. So it's very well diverse, just like um just like me. <laughs> so <laughs> I get the opportunity. <laughs> so I got the opportunity to speak a little bit about everything. I do I do have a fascination for for sport because you know I like it. So I I kind of tend to to gravitate a lot for athletes, just like Ella and and Vanessa and Robin and all these guys. But that's not the only main topic. Also. Right now, I'm working on doing one-on-one coaching. I'm helping a lot of people to transition. So if, if anyone needs help in the transition aspect, I do one-on-one coaching. And at the same time, I have a couple of programs. But the one program that I'm actually emphasizing right now is the one that is helping people how to quit dairy and how to quit cheese and how to quit eggs and, and fish. So, yeah, you just eliminate that completely out of your diet and then you can definitely transition into a plant-based and then eventually from plant-based turn into a vegan. And, and that's, that's what main focus. And then one of the things that I focus a lot and that I put a lot of emphasis is on the social aspect because I dealt with this for so long. And like I dealt with the kind of like what we were talking earlier about with the social rejection, the society and the family and why you're vegan and you're crazy and losing friends. So, I I seen that a lot of people, especially that are vegan curious or starting, they are they're dealing with this. The, the the situation where it's hard for them to figure it out. If I would really want to go vegan, go against my family, I go against the grain, or again, we're talking about how the culture is so deep engraved into a lot of these these families and this person. Imagine a 15-year-old Ella living in somewhere else trying to go against family's traditions. So all these things. So I have, I focus a lot on this. I have a whole chapter that I tell my personal stories, tell my personal experiences, how I dealt with this, some of the things I did, some of the suggestions. I have a couple of suggestions, things that I do. And the important part is like, 
I actually help you along the way. So it's not like I'm just going to leave you alone, watch a video, and then no, 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 no. You have consultation with me at the, end of, at the end of each chapter. We have a conversation, and I'm here to hold your hand during the entire process and to help you and to guide you. So that's some of the things that I uh, focus on, and, and, and I love that aspect of it because I know, I know a lot of people need it. And I was having a conversation with a 16-year-old from Panama, actually, um, from my hometown, and she she was telling me like how she was able to um, convince her dad to go big. I'm like, man, you're a superhero for me because mm. I, I had no luck doing that with my family. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it, it took me a while. It took me about three years. So she says she was 13. She was trying to tell her parents, I want to be vegan. I want to be vegan. Mm. And uh, it, it took me a while. So, so it, it's a very interesting conversation. And, and I, that's the kind of things that I want to. And one of the things is like having a community. Uh, I have a Facebook Facebook group that we can have a community that we can all can share share experiences. I have a couple of ebooks with recipes, and I created my own my own recipe. Where I share some of my own personal recipes, some of my uh, custom culture Latin recipes as well. I throw them there in the recipe book, and I have a lot of these as a video also, which is also available for our members. So yeah, so we have we have a whole community here. The programs in Spanish and English, so it don't really matter. I mean, we you know, we accept everyone. Everybody is welcome, and we lo- we just love to to share. I mean, I love working with people. I love talking to people, and I. Love of people so they're all welcome <laughs> i love it we all of that is so needed and where can they where can they find you and we'll put the links also in the show notes yeah sure thank you so i think the best way you can find me on instagram as roger underscore vegano which is vegan with an o at the end which is basically the spanish term for vegan right so it's roger underscore vegano and then i have a i have a link tree there you can just click there and all my information is there i also have a website you can check on check on my website which is latinovegano.com which is l-a-t-i-o-n-o-v-e-g-a-n-o.com and then you can check my website out and then i have all my episodes my podcast there my program is there everything is there you can just send me an email send me a dm you know i respond to my to my social media and i try to respond right away uh I, i'm on tiktok too <laughs> oh my gosh i haven't gotten there yet i don't know if i ever will Ella, i'm not in tiktok dancing though i'm gonna be honest with you. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do it no <laughs> no, no, no. no so 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 i i use tiktok actually i i, I kind of got a little quite a, a good buzz there so i use tiktok for as an educational purposes so basically what i do is i i i record short videos talking about a specific topic and man i get a lot of a lot of haters too though <laughs> yeah oh i have to oh, check yeah. it out yeah 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 thank you so much roger for being here for taking the time and energy uh have so much fun with you we'll have to do it again anytime man. anytime yeah definitely we'll do it again awesome all right guys that's gonna do it for us today we will catch you next time Bye bye <laughs>